0: Hey, listeners. Yeah, we're talking to you. We're Depth of Darkness, the podcast that dives deep into all things dark and wrong in this world. I'm Mandy. I'm retired major Hugh Jass. <laughs> in your face. If you like true crime, horror movie reviews, real-life paranormal experiences, creepy pastas, and diving deep into the unknown, then join us on this journey into the darkness. You can find us on all podcast platforms simply by searching Depth of Darkness. So go ahead, give us a listen. You know you want to.
1: It's a dying, it's a night, it's, it's night. Thank you for
0: letting us in. Our eyes are bodies out in the desert. Just straight click that button and pointed at me like something, some magic was well, going to happen. you said
1: that you were going to start this week.
0: I did. The first take. That's true. <laughs> That's what I've got for you.
1: That's the key word. She said she was going to start the first take after that.
0: And then you fucked it up. We don't know. We don't
1: know <laughs> what's going to happen after about the first, second, third, fourth, fifth take. It's really just what comes out of our mouths at that point and into the mics and through your ear holes. And, you know, you better appreciate it. anyway that's all i'm saying is that a threat yes you damn well believe that it was a threat it was a pure threat a threat of the of the most high
0: (laughs) always good to start the show off with a threat anyway welcome back folks i'm katie this is kenny
1: am i am i
0: you are i don't know some days you are you have to we have to reaffirm it in the mirror each morning i just repeat my name for 7 minutes while staring unblinkingly into my reflection it's good it's called self-care mm-hmm. um i encourage it just to you know center yourself focus yeah. yourself inside this whole like being home thing was was fine when the weather was okay for me to like go outside and like understand that there's a world but like i haven't been outside of my house and like um Probably about seventeen days, like literally, which is just not—it's just not good. Mm-hmm. It's just not good when you quit when you quit leaving the door of your house. You know, go for a walk. Yeah. Maybe take an umbrella if it's raining. But <laughs> you gotta. I'm worried. I'm worried about agoraphobia over here. I'm worried it's happening. Yeah.
1: So for me, this was really interesting. I haven't told you this. I uh, the other night, uh, I. Fell asleep listening to one of those, like... I think you call them um, binaural, binaural... Oh, binaural? Binaural, like, sounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh That you can find online. I think I just searched it on um my Apple Music or whatever. And I was just like, binaural beats for, like, to leave my body. Hell yeah. <laughs> for, like, astral projection. And did you I really? La- I did. And I just laid there... And I like turned off all of the lights and I just listened and I actually fell asleep but had a horrible nightmare.
0: Did you leave your body? Question for you when you astral projected were you still husky? Yes. The world wants to know. <laughs> yes.
1: Hot take, still fat. Damn it. Um <laughs> Yes, still fat. Um had a nightmare L- And the reason why I bring it up is because when you mentioned looking in the mirror, it reminded me. Uh, Had a nightmare that I went into the bathroom, looked at myself, and there were just cuts everywhere. Mm. All over my face.
0: Hmm. That's alarming. I'm sure that doesn't um, mean anything. Mm. (laughs) I'm Mm. sure that doesn't reflect poorly On your uh, your sanity On
1: my mental state Yeah yeah. So there's that
0: Monitoring the situation We'll report with updates
1: um, I may try it again We'll see Um,
0: (laughs) I want to try it but also Here's the thing I need to know Do carbs exist On the astral plane Because if not I could just spend more of my time there, and we could we could get some traction with this this quarantine diet. I'm
1: gonna th- I'm gonna say no, <laughs> um,
0: but potentially I could just feed off souls. That's mm, at that point, and if we mm. could really make that full transition, if we could get into uh, keto has the fat burning mode, if we could get into the soul burning mode, um, and we could just kind of leave nutrition behind and just absorb the souls of others to fuel energy um, I feel like there's something to that I feel like that's the path maybe Well, maybe that's what Ben Stiller's I, character I, in Fat Camp uh, or in uh, Heavyweights maybe that's what he maybe he was in soul burning mode
1: I just feel like you need the lord <laughs> at that point if you're consuming souls and your astral self is consuming souls hmm yeah. we might have a problem
0: it's a lot do the do the ends justify the means some might say others might say no they don't
1: and actually others- if you get if
0: you get far <laughs> enough into the star wars lore uh they actually get into like this whole like consumption of uh souls and like eating of planets and shit like the sith stuff i don't know how i don't think you're very Acquainted with the whole Star Wars thing, I could be I'm wrong. Not, no, you could be hiding not. a secret knowledge from me. Um, but yeah, if you get if you go pretty deep into the Star Wars lore, the Sith get into some fucking dark shit of like eating planets and like consuming whole worlds. It's it's, it's fucking goth. Okay, it's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. The problem is you have to put up with a lot of like Star Wars shit to get there. To get to the to those,
1: I was never into Star Wars or Star Trek.
0: Uh I know you don't have to say that and hurt me every time. I know. Um, the Star Wars games are cooler than the like movies and stuff. And as a kid, I was only really shown the movies, but the games is like the fucking metal shit of like eating planets and shit. Like wow. it, it gets more into the Sith side of things as opposed to like the Jedi side of things. And the Sith side of things is pretty cool. It's it's pretty metal. So, anyway, in case you're looking for something to do in quarantine, okay, check out the fucking Star Wars lore. Well, that was our Star cool. Wars
1: corner, which has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with our show. It'll or, never happen again, <laughs> or or even what we will eventually talk uh, yeah. about today. But <laughs> what we are going to talk about right now, at this very moment, are some really cool people that decided to join our Patreon. I know you guys listen. I know you guys love us and we appreciate <laughs> that. But like, wow.
0: Y'all really out here making Y'all us do these invocations. Really every... make us work. They really are. They out here making us send this energy every every episode.
1: I know. It's a lot. I really appreciate it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mad cool. Thank you so much for supporting us, especially during a like, particularly like difficult time with the quarantine and everything. Again, I just hope everybody's taking care of themselves, too. Mm-hmm. Before you take care of us, you got to take care of you, baby. But um, yeah, no, it's been really cool, the support that we have received. So... We have two candles in front of us today dressed with good intentions for health, wealth, and happiness as we induct and invoke our two new members of the Patreon family. And I will start us off with Courtney E., who is our brand new trash talent aficionado.
1: And welcome, Corey to our Stay spooky Squad.
0: All right, darklings, your candles are lit and they will sit beside our mic stands through the end of the episode, burning forever and always in our dark, dark heart.
1: Dark Hearts indeed.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So what are we talking about today? I guess it's my turn my, to talk. My gal. I, don't,
1: I don't really know. Um it
0: is. <laughs> it is because I don't have anything prepared. No, I'm kidding. Shit. I'm well, sitting on a couple eggs over here for you like a little chicken, like a little hen. Like
1: Alyssa Edwards says, sitting on a secret.
0: Absolutely I am. Sitting on a sitting on a couple. Oh
1: okay.
0: uh, <laughs> But nah, this week's your week, so it you got to tell me a story week. this week.
1: It is my week. It
0: is. <laughs> Why do you sound so disappointed?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not disappointed. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about this topic today. It's really, really, really interesting, really creepy. Um, so, are you ready? I'm ready. I just want to make sure, folks at home, are you ready? I don't care if you are or not, because I'm going anyway.
0: <laughs> I'm going in.
1: I'm going in. Like a bad date. I don't I care if you're ready or I'm not. going in. I'm just gonna I'm going to spit on it, and in. I'm going in.
0: Oh. Your public service announcement, before we get started, because I'm really passionate about this. Never let somebody use spit as a lubricant for you. Don't do it, baby. You worth more than that. Come I, on now. I, I,
1: I see that and I'm like, hmm.
0: You're worth so much more than that. I just
1: don't know how that works. But it I see even the bottoms the doing it sometimes too. They'd just be like and then do that. The and I'm key, like The key hmm. the key
0: is that it doesn't work, really. Hmm. It's just kind of like a mental thing. If you like it, that's fine. Just go ahead and make sure that you uh, have a thorough application of a good high quality water based lube and then you can you can do the for show. You know what I mean?
1: Some people, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they like the friction. I don't know. I don't understand it. But yes, a water-based lubricant is great. Or even an aloe-based uh, lubricant. You can it's use true. those too. Those it's are true. great. As long
0: as you're not allergic, girl.
1: Well, I mean, make sure you're not Just allergic. Just work on that. You don't want that. But anyway, we're using you, that you're today. You're worth
0: more. You're worth more than that. You're worth <laughs> an aloe-based. <laughs> I love that. The water-based. Haunted Heart Podcast. You're, you're worth, worth more. You're worth more. <laughs>
1: That's what they say every time they listen to this show. It's in the back of their heads, like "you're worth more."
0: Can that be our next uh, promo?
1: Uh, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) For fucking sure.
0: You're worth more. (laughs) Anyway, sorry for that total sidelining, but um, they're used to to it by now.
1: And if they're new and then they don't like it, well, they've left already. So (laughs) we don't care. Uh, so yes, I am going to take us back. To the late winter of 1922.
0: Girl, you love a time machine. I do. You do love the way way back machine, don't I do. you? I do
1: love the way way back machine, and that's because like the future is typically, you know, bleak, bleak and <laughs> dark, and you know, so is the past, and so is the present. So yeah. I don't really have a point, but um, here we go. So I'm going to take us back. There's this little farm in Bavaria, Germany. Uh, at a time that was hard for many people in those, r- 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 I always like really struggle yeah, at it's, this it's word. A t- rural. Rural's rural. tough rural. one. Rural. 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 <laughs> I, the country in me just wants to say rural, Rural. <laughs> but it's a really hard word. I hate this word. It is. Rural. Rural. Rural, rural oh farmer. Girl. It's,
0: it doesn't even feel girl, good Girl, it was mouth. hard
1: for these people at these farms and these lands.
0: <laughs> in a country. In a country. In a country. It was
1: hard for these people in the country. So this little farm was located about 43 miles from munich and sat to itself it was a humble homestead built in the late 1800s that was made of stone and situated in an l shape on the property it had a barn tool shed a well typical things that you would see on any small farm and it was inhabited by andreas gruber was 63. Gruber. Gruba Gruber. Gruba. Gruba.
0: Love a good German Gruba. name. Gruber.
1: Kazilia Gruber, 72, their widowed daughter Victoria, 35, and her two children, Kazilia Jr. and Josef. Let me tell Joseph. you what.
0: The name, the name, Kanzilia. Kazilia. Kanz- Kazilia.
1: K-A-C-A-Z-I-L-I-A. Kazilia. K-A-C-A-Z-I-L-I-A. Kazilia. Cazelia
0: into it
1: Kazealia. I'm writing
0: it down I like that one-hmm
1: So the family also had a live in Maine
0: it, it sounds like one more thing on that name because I'm really I'm really not able to let it go It sounds like a really really like high top shelf brand of concealer Ca you know what I mean mm. like that is Jeffrey Starr's new line of concealer mm. <laughs>
1: mm. well. I hope it's full coverage. But anyway, the family also had a live-in maid by the name of Maria Baumgartner, who was 44. Maria was the family's second maid within a six-month period. The first maid quit, allegedly citing odd occurrences that were happening on the farm. Strange voices, disembodied footsteps in the attic... It would soon come to pass that her gut instincts to leave were extremely well warranted.
0: As they often are.
1: Mm. Six months after her departure, the entire family, as well as the new maid, were found systematically slaughtered on the farm, with little to no clues as to who killed them and why.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to congratulate you on the on the research that you've done and the way you've laid this story out, but I am having some trouble today because every every now and then you'll throw a phrase in, like, a humble homestead, mm-hmm. and systematically murdered on the farm that just sound like the names of novellas to me. Like, it sounds like Sist- we're gonna systematic- check out a humble homestead from the library. <laughs> we're gonna see what that's all about. Systematically murdered on the farm. <laughs> Is
1: that, oh, systematically murdered on the farm. <laughs> That is the... Why does
0: that sound like the name of like a photo series that we would do for the podcast?
1: It's my autobiography.
0: It's just us with like, with livestock.
1: Listen, listen.
0: (laughs) Just in horrible murder scenes of us, not the animals.
1: Murder scene, but make it fashion.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) We're on to something there.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure America's Next Top Model had that covered many years ago. But... (laughs) Uh, So, before I get into some of the strange occurrences that were happening, I want to talk about the family a little more. So, the family was known to be rather reclusive. And with reclusivity in small towns, we get what?
0: Rumors. Rumors.
1: We get Rumors
0: about gruba.
1: Rumors. (laughs) Gruba rumor. (laughs) Or you could say (laughs) gruba gossip.
0: Mm. Gruber gossip. But gruba rumor rhymes. Gruba rumor. That's
1: true so yes you also get a sounds like old... a makeup line mm. to me right. by the way all right we're not a makeup podcast i'm I need sorry you to, i need you to pull back i'm just on... i
0: just have this mar- this big there's no there's energy. no visual here
1: there's no visual here you're not wearing concealer right now
0: <laughs> oh far from it <laughs> oh, everything is laid bare shall we say
1: nothing is hidden here that's true So, the nearby towns had lots of hearsay when it came to this family. Andreas was suspected to beat his wife. Neighbors claimed to often hear the children crying due due to being locked in the cellar. His wife, Kazilia, was described as a, quote, busy woman who had inherited the farm due to her previous husband's death. It was claimed that she had suffered a lot of abuse from both her own father and by her husband, Andreas victoria was previously widowed when her husband died on the front lines of the war and lived with her family with her two children victoria and her daughter were one of the few members of the family who would often venture out to other towns victoria was a part of a local church choir and her daughter kazilia jr went to school the youngest member of the family joseph victoria's son Kind of drew some suspicion because it was believed that he was the result of an incestuous relationship between Victoria and her father. Mm. Hmm. Back in 1915, Victoria had actually been sentenced to one month in prison for having an incestuous relationship with her father. And when Joseph was born, she made the claim that the child's father was a gentleman uh, by the name of Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Uh, which was someone that she had kind of had a short relationship with previously.
0: Hmm.
1: Lorenz, however, denied being the father. And as a result, Andreas ended up being charged and sent to prison. Now.
0: You know, how much time would we have saved and how much justice would we have found if we had just had Maury back in those days? I mean, obviously Maury and his little envelope <laughs> coming through.
1: Gruba. You are not the father. <laughs>
0: like, like a German version of A German Maury. version I of Maury. It. It's good. It's a good show. Um, So the incestuous, like the family that lives apart and that's like super secluded and isolated and whatever. Like I feel like most of the time when we see families like that, we do see rumors like this spring up and the incestuous rumor like tends to be one that repeats for some reason mm-hmm. if a family chooses to like live apart from society like for some reason that just means they're fucking each other i don't know if you look at porn hub recently maybe that's the case <laughs> seems like a lot of people are really preoccupied with that but mm-hmm. um in recent years but uh yeah i don't know i could just as easily kind of see somebody who maybe is like more ingrained in society like this Schlittenbaum and whatever his name is um I could see somebody like that like having a relationship with somebody who is more of an outcast and then like feeling wanting to downplay that or wanting to distance themselves from that or what have you so I could yeah. see I could see it either way you know yeah I'm just gonna hope against incest yeah I mean it, Fingers it, crossed. It,
1: like I said, a lot of it is hearsay, and I think some of the hearsay led to, the, like, the actual, like, incarcerations of yeah, them. And yeah. so I, I, I don't really know either way. Like, it's yes, unclear how like much it evidence is, there is. Right. It's unclear as to how much evidence there is, but, you know, they have, you know, this ha- has happened multiple times at this point. Um, Lorenz actually... Uh, later on rescinded his claim and accepted joseph as his child but that was only after victoria had met with him crying and offered him a small sum of money for child support because the family had like a little bit of money like they were humble but like they weren't super super wealthy but like they they were comfortable
0: yeah, I mean, it sounds like they—you were listing off all the shit that they had, and it sounded like they were doing all right. Yeah, for like farming, they're doing good like, for farming for farmers in the in the twenties. Yeah, like you know.
1: Yeah, they I'm were they were comfortable. Like it wasn't anything extravagant, but like they held their own.
0: Okay, a humble home a
1: humble homestead. <laughs>
0: I can't with you. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. That phrase just hit me, girl. I was so I was I, want, I think I
1: want a picture of us, like American Gothic, where it's just <laughs> yeah. us, but then in the words, a humble homestead is like, you know, in script above it.
0: Yeah. Except
1: in the back, uh, except we're holding something. I don't know, like, I've got a ball gag in or something, and then you, <laughs> you're you holding like a fucking whip or something, who knows? Um, so... He she came to him and offered him a small mon- a small sum of money for child support, uh-huh. and it's believed that this was most most likely an attempt to buy Lorenza's paternity and exonerate her father, because after that, once he rescinded his claim, he was, you know, her father was released.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, again, allegedly,
0: right? I could see it either way.
1: Yes. So. Uh, We can see that this family, they've got some issues They've got issues And so now we find ourselves in the months leading up to their murder We know that their previous maid had started hearing strange voices And disembodied footsteps in the attic And promptly yeeted herself right the fuck out of that situation So, we love that We love when someone listens to their instincts Props to you, girl
0: Hell yeah, girl, that's me. I'm out. You she know, said, if it don't feel right, I'm out mm. on many levels and many things in my life. Footsteps. Mm. No, you know what? Listen, boy, I'm good. Bye.
1: I'm Deuces. out. They're like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Used to. I'm out. Bye. Bye,
0: girl. Bye. <laughs> How do you mm-mm. say bye in German?
1: Auf Wiedersehen. Is that it? I'll, I don't know.
0: Auf Peter. Mm. Wow. Al Peter. I <laughs> No, nah, that's not one of mine. I didn't study German, girl. All I know how to do is sing Rammstein songs. I can sing you one of them.
1: <laughs> Maybe at the end of this episode, okay? Got it. We'll do that. But soon after these footsteps began to affect the entire family, Victoria had been hearing, had been heard making comments about the footsteps in the house and how it had been difficult for her do- her daughter to get to sleep at night. Andreas had inspected the attic time and time again, but nothing could ever be found. They did, however, find that a lock into the house had appeared to have been tampered with, but nothing had been taken, and neither they nor any neighbor had ever reported seeing anything or anyone unusual on the property. Um, But one evening, Andreas discovered a single set of footprints leading into the farm, in the snow but none leading away this raised the suspicion of burglary even more and the postman and the neighbors had confirmed seeing the tracks themselves one day a munich newspaper showed up near the edge of their property which was strange because the family never even traveled to munich and nobody in the family claimed to have purchased the paper Lorenz later made claim that Andreas had come to him asking if he had seen his house key, stating that it had gone missing and that Andreas believed it to be stolen. So, fast forward to March 31, 1922. Maria Baumgartner had been driven to the family farm by her sister for what would be both her first and last day of work. Later that evening, Maria would be slain in her room, two-year-old Joseph in his bassinet, and the rest of the family would be led out to the barn and murdered one at a time by a blow to the head with a mattock, hmm. which, if you're not familiar with a mattock, is kind of like a hoe.
0: Is it? Okay.
1: Like a hoe, like pickaxe type deal. Got it. Type, It's a gardening tool. Got it. The bodies weren't discovered until four days later, after suspicions arose due to Kazilia's absence from school and Victoria's from choir practice. On Monday, April 3rd, the postman noticed that something wasn't right when he made note that the mail he had previously delivered had been undisturbed. Several merchants and people had stopped by as well within the four-day period. All had noticed the unusual silence that had fallen on the farm. On the fourth day, Lorenz sent two of his sons to check on the family, and when they returned back with nothing, Lorenz and two neighbors went to search for themselves. Upon arrival, they searched the property and eventually found their way into the barn, where they discovered the four bodies crudely covered with hay in order to conceal the crime and one of the family's dogs tied up nearby. A lot of the initial investigation was hampered by the amount of people that were involved with the case. Bodies and items were moved around and they cooked and ate meals in the family kitchen while doing so. Because that's a great way to, you know, cover a crime scene case. Let's just cook meals in their fucking kitchen. Right? Yeah. Let's let's you know, while we're dusting for fingerprints over here, can you fix me what a the egg?
0: Fuck? Like what <laughs> this sounds like some shit that we would do. <laughs> like if we were investigating, uh-huh. you'd be like dusting for prints and shit, and I'd be like, "Well, let me just get like a nice veggie bowl together. Let me get a nice veggie quinoa <laughs> power bowl. We got to keep our keep our uh, vitamins and minerals up as we're doing this. You know, I'm not about huh? to go hungry, sis. So
1: I mean, I just want to know who like Is
0: there not a McDonald's around <laughs> nearby? McDonald's didn't exist like, yet, I don't think.
1: I so. I just want to know, who went in there and was like, listen, I know they're not going to need this anymore, so, like, we can't let it go to waste. I'm going to fix me a sandwich.
0: <laughs> like... Let me just get me some of this lunch meat here.
1: Hmm. Amazing. Let me just let me just fix a snack. Got it. So, court physician Johann Baptiste performed the autopsies in the barn, reporting that he believed uh, a matic had been used but hadn't been found at the crime scene. It is believed that each member of the family had been led to the barn one by one to be murdered. Only five pictures had been taken of the crime scene, two with the bodies in the barn and one of Joseph's bassinet, one of the maid's chamber, and one of the property. In subsequent investigations, it was revealed that Victoria was the first victim, followed by her mother, followed by her father, and then her daughter. Huh. And then in the house would have been the maid, and finally, little Joseph. The younger Cazilia showed signs of surviving her initial attack as she was found with clumps of her own hair in her hands. Uh. The older Cazilia had signs of strangulation, and Victoria had nine star-shaped wounds to her head in addition to signs of strangulation.
0: With this star-shaped... What would the star shape have come from? Maybe I, from that.
1: I'm thinking from the device? tool, from the yeah, from, from the mattock. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe like
0: the end of it, like is... the end. Huh. Okay.
1: Yeah. The overall investigation led to the belief that the perpetrators had remained on the farm in the days prior. This was because uh, in the in the days after, excuse me. This was because the cows had been fed. The families now this was noted, but I'm wondering if this was like part of the people that were investigating, but like they made note that the family's entire supply of bread had been devoured and that the meat had recently, recently been sliced from the pantry. And me, I'm wondering if that was just like one of the investigators. It was like someone made the comment like, hmm, their bread is all gone.
0: Someone just It was cut probably some, that motherfucker making sandwiches. <laughs> said, someone Shit. just
1: cut wow look guys this meat has just recently been cut and there's like a guy it's like me in the corner and it's like you know just trying to wipe some fucking breadcrumbs off my beard (laughs) relatable yeah and so while it conflicts with the reports of the eerie stillness of the farm there were witnesses who claimed to have seen smoke coming from the chimney the initial motive was deemed a robbery However, that was dismissed because of the fact that nothing had been taken, and any money the family had in the house, which could have easily been found, was left undisturbed. The assumption is that, given the reports made by Gruber in the months prior, the perpetrator was already on the property. Misplaced roof tiles and indentions in the hay supported this, but was quickly shot down as a result of victoria and andreas's alleged love affair they looked at this like hay and said hmm it's probably where this you know victoria and andreas would meet secretly for mm. their relationships and stuff like that
0: for their rendezvous yeah
1: in the hay A little tussle in the hay as we call it <laughs> now
0: i can understand
1: the hay but like the roof girl what they do it on the roof
0: I mean, sometimes you just need like a like a scenic environment. Okay,
1: but like if you were going for privacy, like I can understand like hiding in the barn in the hay, but like on the roof?
0: I mean, how often do people look up? You know what I'm saying? You got to be like the panther. You got to be like the tree snake.
1: Uh-huh. Maybe you know? it's shit. Maybe that's what the footsteps it's probably were. Probably
0: people fucking over our heads all the time. <laughs>
1: that's what the footsteps were, girl. Uh-huh. Um, so On April 1st, a witness claimed to have seen two men at the edge of the forest and had quickly turned their faces away when they had been discovered. A repairman that had shown up to work on a piece of machinery made note that the doors had been locked and and he wasn't met by anyone. He did hear the dogs barking inside the home. When he was finished with his work, he noticed that a dog was tied up outside the barn and the barn door had been opened. And as previously stated, the dog was subsequently found in the barn and the door had been closed. So this was his statement. He was there in in this four-day period because he had come to work on a piece of machinery. Didn't see anybody there. Decided, whatever, I'm just going to do my work. And these are the things that he claimed to have noticed.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: So. Our main suspect.
0: We love an impartial witness.
1: Mm -hmm, We do. (laughs) So we've got some suspects here, so we're going to move on to this. Okay. Our main Let me get out
0: my magnifying glass. Yeah. Solve this case.
1: Solve the crime. Solve the mystery. Take the mask off. Who are you? Scooby-Doo. So our main suspect, Lorenz.
0: Lorenz, yeah. Yes. Obviously.
1: He came under suspicion by locals early in the investigation because of his several suspicious actions immediately after the discovery of the bodies- When Lorenz and his friends came to investigate... Lorenz and his friends. And his friends. (laughs) Lorenz and friends. (laughs) Lorenz and co. Lorenz and co. They had to break a gate to enter the barn because all of the doors were locked. However, immediately after finding the four bodies in the barn, Lorenz apparently unlocked the front door with a key. Now, remember, previously, Andreas had come to him talking about how his house key... ...had went missing. Hmm. Suspicious. But do we
0: know that... Do we know if Lorenz had had a key... No. Before that? No. He didn't have a key? We or don't Or we know. don't know? We don't know. Okay, because maybe it was like a normal thing that he had a key.
1: Maybe. But again, we don't know.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: So he used the key to unlock the front door and entered the house alone. When asked why he went into the house alone... He later claimed he needed to check on his son, Joseph. He was also known to have disturbed the bodies within the home. A quote from one of the neighbors that had accompanied him to the crime scene went as follows. Pole and I immediately immediately told Lorenz when we found the bodies that he should be careful to leave things as they are, but he replied he had to see things for himself. He then told me to feed the cattle, but I told him that we're going home and reporting to the police. Uh. <laughs> Quote, he was very busy. He went straight to the cellar to, felt, to fetch milk and feed the pigs. On the way home, Pole and I said nothing. It was very striking that Lorenz changed everything that could have been changed and knew exactly where everything in the house was. In my opinion, Lorenz did not often go to Hinterkaifeck, which was the name of the farm, as Andreas wouldn't have allowed it. So, I think this means that, more than likely, he wouldn't have had a key.
0: Yeah. I guess, but... Hmm. It is suspicious. But at the same time, like, just thinking, like, in that time period, like... I could see everybody's reaction to, like, something crazy like that happening, like an entire fucking family just being wiped off the face of the earth. Um, Like, everybody reacts to things in different ways. And so whereas one person might find that and just completely dissolve into tears, one person might fly off into a rage. One person might go completely catatonic and just, like, not have any, like, visible reaction. But clearly they're just, like, not speaking or doing anything Mm -hmm. and then you have people and I kind of I kind of sort of relate I mean I know he's a suspect and there is some suspicious behavior but I can kind of relate to when you walk into a situation that's just like immeasurably bad not that I've ever found an entire family slaughtered and hope to never (laughs) but um like I can kind of relate to that impulse to like set everything right you know what I mean and like I kind of can sort of understand that mental leap of like, okay, we have to make sure that we feed the pigs and we have to like do this and we have to do that. And we have to just set everything in order and then everything will be organized and orderly and everything will be okay. And it'll be like, this family is not fucking murdered, (laughs) you know? So I can, I can kind of sort of see it. And then the other, the other aspect is that, um, livestock and stuff were, like basically assets at that time. It wasn't mm-hmm. investing was not as big, you know, there were only people you, you unless you worked in finance or you worked in banking, investing was not a thing for you. And so these these pigs were their investments, right? That that was their asset. That was the the homestead, the humble right. homestead. The humble
1: homestead.
0: Um so I can see where if you I can see where that would be a priority and I could see where depending on what your reaction, your individual reaction to grief is, I could see where you could kind of throw yourself into doing those things instead of like dealing with the elephant in the room, which is the fact that this family has been completely massacred and you need to accept in order to call the police for something like that, you have to kind of accept that it has happened. Yeah. And I could see you doing literally everything else in order to avoid accepting that that's what's happened. Yeah. On the other hand, it's, it is shady and I definitely see why that would make him a fucking suspect.
1: Yeah. I it mean, is weird
0: that he had a key if he didn't go there much. Yes. But that could be this person's perspective, but also it doesn't seem like their relationship was that good. So. Yeah. I mean, I know.
1: it doesn't from what I had, from what I read, uh, Andreas and Lorenz didn't really get along. Yeah, and like, but it, maybe, she were, slipped, maybe
0: Victoria slipped him a key, though. You know what I'm saying?
1: It could be. I mean, they
0: got to get up to the roof somehow, girl.
1: I mean, it's true. I mean, <laughs> it's true. Maybe she did slip, slip him the key. We never know. Possible. We won't know. Um. So according to reports in the files for the case, uh, local teacher, uh, we're going to just his name is Hans. I'm not going to Hans. Hans <laughs> local teacher Hans. Um, discovered Lorenz visiting the remains of the demolished Hinterkaifeck in 1925. Upon being asked why, why he was there, Lorenz stated that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground. This was seen as evidence that Lorenz had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders, Although, being a neighbor and familiar with the local land, he may have been making an educated guess. Another speculation was that Lorenz murdered the family after Victoria demanded financial support for young Joseph. Um, Before his death in 1941, Lorenz conducted and won several civil claims for slander against persons who described him as the, quote, murderer of Hinterkaifeck.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know that the last part is... um, a little conflicting to me. Because I don't know. I don't see Victoria. Demanding money from him. Especially when she initially. Supposedly gave him money.
0: Yeah that's weird. Um, that's super weird. Actually. Yeah. I So the thing with the frozen ground. It almost. I don't know. Maybe I'm editorializing it in my mind. But it almost sounds like. He went back there and is sort of like stuck on this crime and is like going over and over in his Mm -hmm. head, maybe. And like he, like, in an attempt to understand, he is kind of years later, like still processing it. It's still haunting. Or like trying, yeah, yeah. Or like he's trying to like understand. To me, that that comment sounds more like he's trying to understand what happened in detail rather than sharing some sort of like weird like detail from the yeah. crime you know and i mean obviously if you fucking live there if you go outside your house and it's fucking cold girl and the ground is frozen then you know that like it would not be a good time to bury a body you know this is true like that doesn't necessarily seem like insider knowledge
1: yeah I, I agree. It to just, me, to it, me, it
0: sounds like a detail that, like, comes to you later, like, after the fact, you know? Well, it's
1: just something that, like, I just feel like as someone who lives on that property or who lived near that property would know, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't seem like... Or just like, in the
0: area. Uh,
1: it does, doesn't seem like it would be, you know, uncommon knowledge for no. someone to know that during yeah. this time period in late winter, the ground's going to be fucking... You know, hard to like try to bury somebody. Right. It just
0: sounds like one of those things that you remember that fucking happens to me all the time when you have like an argument with somebody or a discussion with somebody and you fucking think of what you should have said to them in the shower afterwards and you're like, damn it.
1: Like when you said steam.
0: Yeah. Like there's like a picture of me like they're years and years,
1: years down the road and then I like come up to you, you're an old, you're an old woman, I'm an old man, and you're just staring off into the distance. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And you're like, I really said Steen.
0: I really said that. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that in my fucking life if I choose to reflect on it. Um, <laughs> um no, it just seems, to me, it seems like the kind of detail where, like, maybe he had been over it and over it and over it again in his mind, trying to work out what happened, trying to work out, like, the step-by-step of what happened so that he could process it. And, like, maybe that was a detail that, like, closer to the event, he didn't, maybe he didn't remember that. And then maybe for some reason, like, maybe it was cold, cold that morning or whatever in 1925 when he, like, went there. And maybe that jogged his memory, and he was like oh you know that's right it was cold the ground would have been frozen so yeah. that would have hindered whatever happened you know i could i could very easily see how that all comes together yeah but he could also be a fucking murderer
1: we allegedly probably won't know <laughs> Um, so the former maid uh, even had an opinion on who she thought the killers were. Ooh. She actually the suspected tea the tea girl. She was like, "I got an opinion, girl. Uh, what's the tea? Let's we, get we in trust. on this rumor mill because you
0: know maids know every fucking thing that's going on in that, that is fucking true. house. She knew. She knew Shit. where they was fucking on that roof.
1: Mm-hmm. She heard it. She mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. I ain't ba- That's why she left. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had her own opinion on who she thought the killers were. She suspected two brothers um, by the n- names of Anton and Carl Bichler to have committed the murders. Bassler? Bichler. Baskin? Bickler. I don't know. We're going to call them <laughs> Anton and Carl. Got it. Anton Sounds had like helped. Sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> Anton and Carl. Anton and Carl on the homestead. Um. <laughs> Anton had helped with the potato harvest on Hinterkaifeck and therefore knew the grounds. She said that Anton talked to her often about the Gruber uh, family. Anton reportedly suggested that the family ought to be dead. What they did to him, just, I don't know, but he just claimed, I think,
0: What's the beef there? Did they stiff him? Did they stiff him on his wages when he came to harvest them potatoes? I don't
1: know. I'm just like, were y'all fucking? Was the maid and this aunt were they fucking? I mean, I was going to ask
0: about the nature of their relationship. To be quite honest with you, I
1: don't really know the nature of their relationship, but
0: it don't seem good if she's nominating him for murder.
1: Mm -mm. Um, I think, I think an educated guess would be that he had probably heard the rumors about, you know, the family and just figured that, you know, if it was true, I guess, then I guess he just thought that they should be dead. But anyway, just seems like a strange thing that you would bring up to the maid. Um, The maid also emphasized in her interrogation that the farm dog who barked at everyone never barked at Anton. She also claimed that Carl would often talk to her through her window at night. She thought that Anton and Carl could have committed the murder together with someone by the name of George Siegel, who had worked at Hinterkaifeck and knew of the family, quote, fortune, but, you know. Hmm. Supposedly, uh, George had broken into the home in November of 1920 and had stolen a number of items, though he denied it. He did state that he had carved the handle of the murder weapon when he was working at Hinterkaifeck and knew that the tool would have been kept in the barn passage. Hmm. So that's some suspicions also is kind of corroborated by a previous witness statement who claimed to have saw two men at the edge of the forest. um, And then when that witness looked at them, they kind of turned their faces away after the deaths Of the family, supposedly. Okay. So, my guess is, like, I kind of personally lean towards them, um, but there was an even, like, (laughs) weirder
0: suspect. I love Um, it. I love it. Reserving because Once they couldn't me figure the weird out, well, stuck. once they, because um, you know how the things devil? happen, right? No. Did they nominate the devil? <laughs> and behind the third door, we have Satan. Satan himself. Satan.
1: <laughs> and he's like coming out. He's hey. like, yeah. It's like Price is Right music in the background. <laughs>
0: he's, he's walking out like an NBA like basketball player.
1: And there's some like Stan girls who's like, yay,
0: go Satan.
1: With posters. Yep. Titties out, honey. They've got pentagrams on the
0: nipples. (laughs) We love a pentagram little uh oh what are they called? Oh, pasty. We love a pentagram pasty.
1: Yeah. Pentagram pinnacle, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Anyway, they've got those on. Um and they're 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 cheering for Satan, but no. Um actually it was Victoria's late husband, Carl, who turned out to be a suspect, right? Even wait, wait, he was dead. What? Yeah. So this is what happened. So they when think the police this man just done don't came yet, back to
0: life and murdered people. Possibly. No, but you know
1: that like when Especially he face back his then. Death. Mm, well, I'm getting that there. shit
0: was easier. But I'm then. getting there. Okay. But,
1: you know, like things like this happen when like red ends, we don't really have like a suspect that we could name. So now we're really just grasping at straws. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so her late husband, Carl, um, had been reported to have died in the war in December of 1914. However, his body was never recovered. It was suspected that he could have somehow faked his death and murdered the family out of revenge of Victoria and her father's relationship. This couldn't be substantiated as many of Carl's fellow soldiers testified to seeing his dead body. However, there was a rather odd story of a German-speaking Russian soldier who claimed to his comrades in the Second World War that he was the Hinterkaifeck murderer. So, what that was kind of thrown out, but again, like I said, we're ga- we're grasping at straws here.
0: Yeah, that's I, that seems really complicated to me, and it also seems like it seems improbable. like him bragging about being the Hendrik murderer is like some dumbass shit that like soldiers would say to each other in basic. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Like it sounds like some shit that they would say as a joke or as a. I mean, again. I say that, but, like, who are these fucking people joking about being murderers? Because I've never been like, ah, <laughs> I murdered a whole family. Let me tell you about it. What a great story. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, nor do I know anybody who would do that, but I, I guess it takes all kinds. It does. I it guess. Do. I don't know. Do. That one seems like a stretch to me.
1: It was definitely a stretch. It yeah. was a thousand percent a stretch. Um. So the case went nowhere after this. The skulls of the victims had been sent to Munich for investigation and allegedly been brought to a clairvoyant to try and get some insight as to what happened.
0: Love it. (laughs) Love it. Tell me what happened, Miss Cleo. What did she say? (laughs) Nothing. Got
1: it. Um, Rare. She she couldn't find anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rare in her (laughs) profession. Damn, okay, sis. All right, she might have been legit. (laughs)
1: Look, I don't see it. She said, I don't know.
0: I don't see it. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Who?
0: I love that. Who? Instead of making some shit up, she just said,
1: mm, No, mm, girl, she said, I don't know. It. Okay. That didn't right. happen. She.
0: Like, I respect you, sister. <laughs> I'm sorry I made fun of you um, to start with. I thought you were going to be full of shit. Nah,
1: nah. She, she, she was just like, I don't know. Ale- but again, allegedly. They were allegedly brought to a clairvoyant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But. So with the upheaval of World War II, the skulls were lost forever and the bodies remain buried without their heads to this day. Which is terrifying. The farm itself was torn down and a memorial was placed on the property. In 1999, an elderly woman contacted the authorities claiming her former landlord admitted to having information about the Hinterkaifeck killings. Officials investigated this tip and learned the landlord supposedly made this claim in 1935. However, it was too late, as the potential suspect mentioned in the lead was no longer alive in 99, and nobody knows who it was.
0: Girl, so why'd you call? (laughs) I mean, I guess good job, but also, he did, But why not even
1: still name it? I mean, even... Even when it post post humanously, well, because I guess there's no way
0: to know whether the landlord no way to prove it. Yeah, there's no way to prove it. So if you put it out now after the person is deceased and there's no way to like confirm it, it could be slander. Well,
1: it was just the landlord had information about it, so we never really know who it was was or not that he was the murderer. But um,
0: that sounds like some bullshit that somebody would tell you though to like. But how often do you you think that that happens? Right, like like, years after.
1: These cold cases where like people just all of a sudden come up with information that happens out of nowhere. Like I don't know. I don't know about that. Suspect.
0: Yeah. It sounds to me like some shit that a dude would tell you at a bar to get you to like sleep. But like I don't know. To strike up a conversation.
1: Hey, my landlord had some information. No, I'm talking about about the landlord. It sounds
0: like some shit the landlord would have said back in his day, right? Because it was thirty five.
1: Especially if he's one of those people that just like to talk shit right because there's a ton
0: of those kinds of people in the country like i can see this man i know this man Mm -hmm. i grew up with this man like i i know this person who is like let me tell you something about this horrible traumatic event that happened way back when i know all about it i'm the dude with the intel
1: i got the right and they don't fucking know anything i got that smoke right anyway In 2007, more than 80 years after the Gruber family and their maid were killed, students at a German police academy used modern techniques to investigate the unsolved case. The students ruled out all but one suspect, they believe, committed the murders at the Hinterkaifeck farm. However, the suspected killer is dead, so they didn't publicly name the person they think is responsible for the massacre— out of respect for the suspect's relatives who are still alive. Subtle hint, it was Lorenz. Yeah,
0: I feel like probably.
1: And in 2017, author Bill James wrote in his book, The Man from the Train, that he believed the killer to be Paul Mueller, who I believe we mentioned in an older episode as a suspect in one of many axe murders across the U.S., especially the Velisca axe murders. Yeah. The crime scenes are very similar in both method and motive. And it is believed that Paul could have departed the U S for his homeland in 1912 after police began to develop a pattern to the mm-hmm. killings.
0: Mm hmm.
1: He was going back to his to humble me. homestead girl.
0: <laughs> that makes sense to me though. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And it also makes sense to me that like, if Lorenz was the one that that, group of German students couldn't, um, that they couldn't prove he hadn't done it, like, that, to me, would make sense, because, like, he had such a, like, he had that whole relationship with Victoria going on, there was probably a lot of secrets being kept there, of, like, when he was coming and going, and whatever, like, so it makes sense to me that, like, yeah, he was definitely guilty of, like, sneaking around the property and keeping secrets and secret rendezvous, uh, which is the best kind of rendezvous, but, (laughs) I don't necessarily think that makes him a murderer, but I yeah. do see where that would make him very difficult to rule out. Because, like, I mean, he is fucking over there being shady, but he just in it for the nookie. He ain't in it for the murder. True. I don't know why I believe in him so strongly, but <laughs> I really, really do. about I don't know. Lorenz. I just identify with him. <laughs> Pro Lorenz over here. Lorenz, I just I, I'm feeling it. He's like in my mind. He's played by Robert Redford.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It was interesting to me. I kind of have, like, I could kind of go either one of the three ways that I we could have talked about. Like, yeah. I could see Mueller. Um, I do think that it's definitely, out of the three that I'm going to mention, it is the most of a stretch. Because just because of the fact that, you know, we're, in separ- we're on separate fucking pieces of land, separate continents right now. I you mean, know? I guess it's a stretch, but, but it's
0: not that much of a... Like, to me, That, that that's not... Because Paul Mueller was very transient, and so to me, it, it's not that much of a stretch that he, if he felt like the police were on to him in the States, that he would book it back to Germany. Right. Like, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, I I definitely have some suspicions about Lorenz, especially because of the key. Um, yeah. And I but I don't know. My gut leans toward these two like brothers who are like talking about they want this family dead and then all of a sudden there's two random people who show up on the side of the fucking forest after they are dead. Yeah. Supposedly. Weren't they ruled
0: out by the students though? Or
1: supposedly the Maiden. students ruled out all officially book- AM, one, but they didn't officially publish anything and again we're talking about students like not like, <laughs> not like
0: i'm not Look, dogging here's the deal education. we have done a total of like two hours of research on wikipedia no i'm kidding but like okay
1: i'm just saying
0: <laughs> i'm pretty sure they were like criminal justice students though right like I mean, with a fucking degree and shit I mean, maybe. And here's us. We're podcasters. Um, they are just students, disregarding that piece of information. <laughs> yeah,
1: supposedly they ruled all but um, Lorenz out, but still, I don't know.
0: But they didn't say the name. But they didn't say. They it, just so- looked at the body and whistled.
1: Well, they ruled out all but one. They never officially claimed that that their suspect was Lorenz, but like everybody that's knows very him. heavily implied right. to be Lorenz. Um. So, here we are, 93 years later, and still no closer in discovering the answers as to who murdered this family. Instead, we're left with several questions. A who, a why, and a how. Who would systematically annihilate an entire family and their maid? What would have been the driving force to do so? And, how would they have lured them out to the barn? One at a time. And that, to me... Is the strangest part of the case. Mm. I mean, other than the fact that, like, we don't know who did it. But, like, according to the investigation, with the way that the bodies were laid out, that's how they came to their belief that they were killed one at a time. In the order that I had mentioned previously. Well, to me,
0: that almost makes it sound like if we focus on that detail, which... Of course, to actually investigate, to to have an actual investigation, you have to fit all of the pieces in. But if we look at that detail, that would almost lend credence to the idea that you had two people, Mm -hmm. one person in the house, maybe with these people tied up or restrained in some way, Mm -hmm. and kind of like a holding cell, whether that was the living room or what it was, Um, and then one person in the barn, and then they were just walking them out, execution style, Mm -hmm. right, to execute them, to say Roughly in the barn. Mm -hmm. Right. So that almost lends credence to the idea that you got two people, the two brothers. Yep. Ostensibly. So, I mean, that kind of almost leans more in your direction, I think. Yeah. Because Mueller was very, Mueller was very, um, if I remember correctly from when we covered him, he was very like all over the place. Like it was a, it was a uh, very, like, abrupt thing. Like, yeah. he would kind of kick, he wouldn't kick down the door. But when he attacked, it was it was very frantic. Like, the scenes that he left were very fran- frantic, very bloody, very, like, it was clear that he caught the person by surprise. But this doesn't really sound like that. This sounds very controlled. Yeah. And orderly, which doesn't, you know, I guess that doesn't really fit his profile as much.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's the fact that, you know, the dog was tied up in the barn. Um, so could it have been, could they have done something with a dog that would have lured people, like lured them out, like because of the dog, like did mm. they do something to the dog to cause it to yell or bark or something like that? And then, but lead then them everybody out would go at, at once. Like why
0: would they go? Yeah. Why would a, it have know? been
1: one at a time? To me,
0: that seems like they were being walked one at a time Yeah, from one place where everybody was being held to the barn you know
1: yeah um and I did read a little bit later like after the house had been torn down that there was um some there was like a knife like a pocket knife or something that supposedly didn't belong to anyone on the family but it was found on the property while they were tearing it down so Mm. you know there's a strange knife afterwards but it never really led to led to anywhere um yeah to me it sounds like that they were kind of led out um That someone was in the barn, got them there, or, you know, that they were tied up either in the house. It's strange because the maid was found in her room, um, and from the picture, she was under her bed, I think is what it looked like. Um, And the the baby was in the bassinet, which had been, you know, it was crumbled to the floor because it was a single blow and it broke the bassinet, so they were kind of there um, together. So the maid in her room... Um, I don't know. It's just weird, but I definitely think two people. I I just don't see one person being able to do this subdue all those to people. subdue them all at once. Like, yes, they were. I mean, you know, two of them were older. Um, and then you had, I I just don't see it. I I don't. I think there had to be multiple yeah. people involved in this. I think that there had to be multiple people. So. Um, but that's my story. Mm. That's the cold case of the Hinterkaifeck murders. So, mm. which is, um, it was really creepy. I, um, I think it's one of Germany's like most like strange and unsolved cases. Um, especially yeah, considering the, heard the, the footprints name before. in the snow. Yeah, because you have to think that it's like they found footprints coming into the house, but none leading away.
0: Mm.
1: At one point, so who knows?
0: It sounds like mm, this is one of those cases where I have to be somewhat suspect of the initial investigation too, Definitely. though. Because the initial investigation was apparently like handled so poorly. Right. Yeah. So the details like that that it can be really easy to get fixated on, like there's footsteps going in, but none going out. Like it's kind of one of those things where is that like a key element of the case? And like does that tell us something about like well, maybe they exited from a different uh, a different door? like maybe they exited from somewhere else or maybe the people who were investigating this just fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe the sun rose on the other side of the house and melted the footprints that they would have found by the time that they were out there investigating. Well, the footprints
1: happened, like, a few months prior. So, like, that that was part of the weird things that were happening beforehand. That's true. And had been corroborated by, like, you know, a couple people, the postman, who had, like, seen or been, like, had noticed them. Um, But you also have to think uh, the news, the strange, like paper that like just showed up out of nowhere from Munich that was like found at the edge of the woods that like I don't know it 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 just
0: seems very uh, this is one of those cases where you have to be suspicious of the information that you're given because it it sounds to me like it could be very unreliable like how all of the weird stuff that was happening leading up to it how observant was the family were they you know Mm -hmm. it's and then the investigation sounds like it was totally fucking bungled um,
1: I mean yeah, and they only took five pictures like yeah. I said there were there's Crazy. only Crazy. five pictures and then it, it just it, it was fumbled from the beginning yeah. and I think a lot of that a lot of these cold cases happened because everything because was fucked not, up yeah, at the beginning I think that and like I said I'm not a student at a fucking police force <laughs> or uh, whatever the fuck that is you know and I don't study this shit but it just seems to me that like you know if you don't that whatever you discover is crucial and how you discover it and how you handle those things is, you know, it's a crucial part in not fucking up everything because a lot of these cold cases just seem to happen because like people just didn't do the right things at the start of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then it gets hard fucking job. We don't do it. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just our job. to tell you to be better.
1: We, it's, it's, no. We just sit and um, talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hundreds of years later. Yes. Well, no that was experience.
0: very that was very interesting. Thank you for that. Yeah. I had welcome. heard of that name before. I had heard Kaifek before, um, but had not really ever looked into the case. Yeah. So because of my aversion to German things. Other than Rammstein. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about our socials? Should I think we do so. The damn thing? I mean,
1: I think unless we, you know, I don't think there's anything else to say, folks. Fuck. Like, what else <laughs> do you want from us on this day? If I don't you've know solved what you the want case from me. Do you, are you the Hinterkaifeck killer? Are you if, listening if to you us? If you are,
0: baby? or if you've solved the case, send us an email at the podcast at gmail.com and let get us know.
1: An angry an angry, <laughs> an angry letter German. from one of those like police people. <laughs> Probably. Those police cadets i don't know what to fucking call them cadets
0: all right if you want to, to connect with us online you know what to do find us on instagram at the haunted heart podcast on twitter at the haunted heart we are also on facebook if you search the haunted heart podcast you can join our closed facebook group it is closed for your privacy So that everybody on your friends list, your family, your Aunt Gertrude, they don't have to see all the weird shit that you're into. If you request to join, either Kenny, myself, or a member of our Murder Mod Squad, we'll approve you. And then you can get your horror memes on. You can get your true crime case studies on. You can get all of it. Mm -hmm. You can get it all, girl. And if you still want more then you can check out patreon.com slash the hunted heart. Um, we have all sorts of extra bonus material. If you're going back through episodes and you've listened to everything and you want more bullshit, then you can check out the exclusive bullshit that we have on our Patreon. Uh, and it's as little as a dollar to join. So yeah. it doesn't have to be a big chunk of change.
1: Patreon is for those greedy bottoms who just want more.
0: Yes, it is. It is. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, if you have any suggestions for things that you'd like us to cover for uh, films that you'd like us to watch for Netflix and Kill, shoot us an email at thehunter.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. hmm Even would. if you just want to say, hey, girl. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Just shoot us a, shoot us a little message there. And as always... We're going to ask you to rate this fucking, rate and review this fucking podcast, because we always do. A
1: thousand percent rate. It's mostly (laughs) me. I want reviews. It's mostly me, less Katie. I think Katie just doesn't want to know what you think of us, but- um (laughs) Which is why- That's not true. I want
0: reviews as well. I just don't don't give a fuck.
1: I just, I just love, I just, you know what? I just love feedback. Yeah, yeah. That I won't listen to. But I just want to know. We did have another uh, reviewer who left us five stars uh, by the name of Anyanka Angel, who said, I love you guys. And even though I say I'm going food shopping and felt a little hurt by your comments today, I'll still
0: give you five stars. Amazing. Look, here's the deal. I have people in my life who say food shopping. They are wonderful, beautiful people. I did not mean to by any means malign the people of Philly and uh, Southern Jersey. Um, I love all of you. And uh, God bless you. And I didn't mean to malign you at all. I love you and your food shopping. And if you wanted to, we could even go food shopping together. After
1: so. after quarantine, though.
0: After quarantine, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So until quarantine's over, folks, and we can get out into the streets and fucking strip our shirts off and run naked and with our little pentagram pasties on, you know yes, what you got to do, folks. You've got to stay smooth.
0: A humble homestead.